You are listening to Water Flying, a show dedicated to all things seaplanes. Brought to you by the Seaplane Pilots Association. My name is Steve McCoy. I'm the executive director of the Seaplane Pilots Association, which is the world's largest nonprofit advocacy organization dedicated to the protection and promotion of the water flying community. Climb aboard! We're about to start today's episode. Well, today's topic is going to be a little bit different. Uh, I'd like to welcome you all back. Today, Abby and I are looking to settle a long-standing feud and maybe have a little bit of fun with you, our listeners, along the way. So today, we are going to tackle the topic of straight versus amphibious floats. So this is a topic I've wanted to cover for a while now. And I like how Steve says that it's going to be you know, a cute little fun episode. No. No. This, this is a battle to the death, Steve. I just want you to know that. <laughs> okay. Battle Royale. You know, we are in the ring right now. So. Put your dukes up. I just want everyone to know they have to pick a side. Oh, they have to pick a side. It's okay. me or Steve. Wow. Okay. Well, now we're in a popularity contest. <laughs> how, am I supposed to, how am I supposed to fare in that one? That's true. That's true. Well, we have to make good arguments. You know, that's what it's going to come down to. And I just have the better argument. So we plan on making multiple future episodes on this topic, bringing in insurance experts, flight schools, pilots on both sides. So stay tuned when we talk to those experts. But for now, it's just Steve and I. Battling away. We're experts in our own way. We're experts at arguing. (laughs) That we are. Okay. So as many of you know, if you've listened to the show before, I'm a flight instructor. I teach on straight floated aircraft, and I will be arguing pro straight floats. And as the owner of a Super Cub on amphibious floats, I might have a slightly differing opinion. So I'll be arguing all the pros of the superior amphibious float equipped airplane. So starting out, our most important concern as pilots should, of course, always be safety. I would argue that on amphibs, there's been quite a few accidents in the past, you know, landing gear down on water, on straight floated aircraft, you don't have that option because you don't have gear. But if you were to land gear down in the water in an amphib, it's basically this three-part rotation nightmare that can put you essentially on your back. So if you had the gear down, maybe you put it down unintentionally for landing on the water for some reason. Maybe you never put it up for takeoff. You had taken off from a runway and you just never put that gear up and you went to go make a water landing. So as you hit the water with that gear down, the main float almost creates this rotation. The gear on the main float. Correct. This gear on the main float hits the water, starts the pitch down motion, and then the nose wheel hits, continues that motion, and then the nose gear arm pretty much just nails it all the way in, and you could essentially end up on your back if you landed gear down in the water. Yes, but, you know, good pilot discipline and use of checklists can mitigate all of these dangers, and and that's what we spend a lot of time doing is, is trying to get pilots to, as you teach, practice good pilot discipline and always follow these checklists and never land in the water unless your gear is up in its proper position. So as pilots, we should be doing this all the time. 
and it depends on what and how we're flying a little bit. But you have to admit, I mean, even you guys teach cars and will not checklist. Yeah, yeah, you're right. So we're, we're used to doing this stuff. We just have to have the discipline of doing it. So plus uh, having gear opens up a whole new world to us uh, as far as options because we can land on runways and and the water. So we just have a whole lot more options. Okay. True. Amphibs, you have the option to land on land or sea. But what if you don't have any land available? It wouldn't really make sense to have an amphibious aircraft in a place like Maine or Alaska in the more remote parts. I'd say the pros far outweigh, you know, for in favor of straight floats, having just straight floated aircraft in those more remote parts. At certain points, like we talked about with Levi Gaumond, Maine had seaplanes to transport people and things before they even had roads. So wouldn't it make more sense to have a straight floated seaplane in an area like that? Hmm. What? What's that sound? (laughs) So those are the good old days. Those were the the days, days. my friend. Oh, God. But see, things have changed, Abby. Fuel isn't as readily available as it used to be on on the water. And we would love for that not to be the case, but it is a reality. You know, these fire-breathing beasts that we like to fly need 100 LL fuel. And if you don't have it, then you can't go nowhere. So with an amphib, you know, also we have the option of landing on paved runways. We can land on grass runways. And again, it just makes access to fuel and maintenance and a nice warm hangar that's out of the elements for my little beautiful Super Cup. Okay. Okay. I'll concede that you having a seaplane on straight floats requires a little bit more creativity. But aren't we supposed to be a little bit more creative as seaplane pilots? Nobody's holding our hand. We're usually not talking to ATC if we're in Gulf, uncontrolled airspace. We're kind of just doing our own thing, making our own decisions. So maybe more work is required to get fuel and a place to store your airplane. But let's talk about that maintenance. Despite still needing regular maintenance, not having that gear, we don't on straight floats. They are gearless. You have one less. Exactly. They're gearless. Gearless. Gearless wonders. You have one less fluid to have to worry about, so that hydraulic fluid. And Steve, um, didn't you have some kind of like uh, an issue? I want to say with your hydraulic actuator. You, I don't, getting kind of hazy here. Okay, yeah, I did recently have a leaky nose gear actuator on my amphibs because we're working so hard for you at the Seaplane Pilots Association that I haven't got to fly my airplane enough lately. So, you know, but we, you know, I have to tell you, we have greater access to this maintenance when we need it, because when I need to get my hydraulic system fixed or I have an oil leak or anything else, I can get to maintenance a lot easier because I can go to my preferred A&P sometimes who may not have water access. So we may have little issues or extra maintenance considerations, but the bottom line is we don't defer maintenance items because it's a bigger deal to get to an A&P or to resolve the problem because we don't have access, like me going into an airport where any A&P can resolve an engine issue or my, my favorite A&P can, I can fly into. So You know, that makes a lot of sense. So on straight floats, some people do have the option they can land on grass runways. 
if they needed maintenance or maybe it's the end of the season and they want to hanger their airplane or put it on skis if they're flying in the snow. So I definitely get what you're saying. So you have greater ease of access to the maintenance, whereas we may have less maintenance issues. You can fix smaller issues before they become larger. Okay. All right. I'll concede that. But what about the performance that straight floats offer versus the same aircraft on amphibious floats? This is kind of the main one. So without the added weight and the water dragging (laughs) on the gear. I know. Gotcha. The takeoff. That was a right hook. You know, I actually did kickboxing. (laughs) Like the undercut and every, the up, wait, the uppercut. I I have to tell you guys. I think that's a haircut. Oh. When we were talking about doing this and we were going, oh, we're going to make it this battle royale theme and we're just going to have kind of fun with a very serious discussion, but we're going to do a light discussion today. Abby goes, does that mean I get to bring my boxing gloves in? And I was like, why do you own boxing gloves? Don't worry about it, Steve. <laughs> I just like the boxing gloves. <laughs> there is nothing quite like taking the stress of the world out on a bag. Like not a person. I'm not hitting anybody, but it's just this... Okay. It, feel, it feels good, you know? Okay. okay, don't don't hate it until you try it. So back to the performance that a straight-floated aircraft that can provide, can provide as opposed to amphibious. You don't have the added weight of the gear, and you don't have the water dragging on the gear. My takeoff and climb in the J3 is better than an amphib aircraft. Oh. So commercial operators, they can increase their useful load. They have the option to carry more weight and passengers, fuel, supplies. Yeah, I have to Dogs, give it to cats. I have to give this one to you, Abby, because this round oh, it pains me to say this. This round is yours. Ding ding. <laughs> I have owned uh, I owned a really spectacular Cessna 140. It was a really unique airplane on straight floats. It had a bore prop just like my Super Cub. It had a uh, 145 horsepower for takeoff and VGs and and all these wonderful enhancements, and that Cessna 140 on straight floats would beat my Super Cub with 180 horsepower and the same bore prop and VGs any day. So I I really have to give it to you. Um, I love my Super Cub to death. Um, I don't I can't imagine owning anything else at this point, but. I will give you the takeoff performance argument round on uh, versus the amphibs. I'm sorry. I just need you to say that one more time. So Abby was right. Abby took round four for the straight float performance takeoff over an amphib. I know. I know. know. Okay. The cost of straight versus amphibs. So huge hindrance to people trying to buy or wanting to own a seaplane. Aeroset 3400 amphibs are $94,000. They're more than $94,000. Well, That's the, a lot of money, I have to admit. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. So the Aeroset 3500L straight floats are 44000 So the 35 as opposed to the 34, they're bigger floats. They displace more water. And they're more than half off because they don't have that gear. So what's your point? They're, they they're half less. off. They're half <laughs> off. It's a beautiful sale at Aeroset. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot more to it than that. You know, even though you have the initial cost of buying the Anfibs and how much more it costs, and we'll just give you the fact that they cost something like $50,000 more. But, 
you know, you really get a two for one special with, with an amphibious airplane because not only do I have my fun machine that I use to do all my just adventurous fun seaplane flying, but I also can use it while it may be a slow commuter. I have a commuter airplane that I can use for my traditional A to B cross-country flying, whether it's just, you know, going to any destination that I need to go to. And I literally use my airplane like a car. To me, it's just a normal piece of transportation. So instead of having two airplanes that need insurance and hangars and annuals and like my recently installed ADSB, which was $9,300 for one airplane. Yikes. I only have to have one airplane that can serve multiple missions. So the added maintenance cost of having a seaplane in your backyard also has issues, which is why my Super Cub doesn't stay in the water for very long at all. Because I found out when I kept my Cessna 140 in my backyard that the tannic acid in our water here in Florida, even in the freshwater lakes, eats floats. So that means that you have to build some kind of other way to store the airplane on your property, whether it be a hangar or a dock system or a ramp system to lift it out of the water. You need something to get that airplane out of the water. And even then, my fabric wings are exposed to UV rays, young lady. Is that bad? Yes. You don't (laughs) want your fabric wings exposed to UV any more than they have to be. So, and on top of that, you know, if you look at people that operate straight floats like I used to, um, you generally have a hundred gallon tank in your back of your pickup truck. And what do you do? You end up going to the nearest airport to get fuel. And then you have to bring it back to your house or wherever you're keeping your straight float airplane. Because generally, again, there's not a lot of access to 100 LL. And then you might need like a tractor and a dolly rig to get it out of the water and on and on and on. At work, we have a Tim. He's our line boy. And so... I don't have a Tim. He's part of our equipment. We have a Tim to move our airplanes around. So I got to say on that dual function, it was... Where's our Tim? Where's our Tim? (laughs) Tim? I have to say that it was pretty cool going up to Tavares, America's seaplane city, and visiting Jones Brothers Seaplane and landing on that lake and being able to drive up onto the ramp after we put the gear down in your Super Cub. That was pretty cool. That dual functionality, I, yeah, I'll concede that. I'm just saying. You are just saying. It was a good point. So insurance. as If we're talking costs, the added risk associated with amphibs, those insurance rates are yikes for you guys so in the future we're going to be talking with falcon insurance our partners at spa talking about the difference between straight and amphib float insurance so stay tuned for that but i mean you can't deny the fact that amphibs they're about two times what what straight floated insurance would be yeah it it is a a considerable more expense for amphib floats and that's for a reason because you straight float people don't put the gear up to land on the water. We don't have to think about it. <laughs> Our lives are simple. Life is easy. Just don't land with your water rudders down because everyone laughs at you. So the biggest way we can get those insurance rates down is for people to use their checklist and have proper pilot discipline and technique and make sure that you point at your landing surface and say this is a water landing 
Am I configured correctly? And to make sure that the airplane is configured correctly every time. So I, I talked with Story Musgrave because, you know, I flew with Story Musgrave a couple weeks ago. No big deal. Yeah. I don't know if, if you've heard, Steve, but <laughs> okay. I did that. But he he has his um, his air cam and he's talking about the checklist that he wants to use when he's flying his air cam. He, he, he wants to point at the water and say, I am landing there. And then he's going through checking those straws to see the position of his gear. He has. I wonder where he learned lights. that. Oh, he must have learned it from an Anfib guy when he was staying at my house. Was it you? You're the one telling him to yell at the water? Because he, he did. He described it to me and he said, I'm landing there. And it was so I'm landing aggressive. on that piece of water. Landing there on the water. I'm landing on that runway, on that asphalt. And and he would he would yeah. go through his check and, you know, checking the straws that you can on the Claymore floats and checking the lights internally. There isn't an audio system in the air cam. But yeah, that checklist usage. So important. So incredibly important. So I I think we've made really good points. Weighing a lot of pros and cons, choosing between amphibs and straight floats. So it seems like it really depends on what you're using the airplane for. With a straight floated aircraft, it's because you have the kind of facility where, you know, you can land, you can house, you have fuel access. An amphib, it almost seems like you have an amphib aircraft because you're lacking something. Where I teach, we have our J3s on straight I'm floats. I'm lacking something. You're lacking something. Okay. So we have maintenance. We have a ramp. We have a Tim. We, we have, have a tractor. A <laughs> we have a hangar. I'm missing a Tim. We're missing a Tim. They built the business knowing that they would only have straight floated seaplanes. So where they're located on the water, how they're able to move the airplanes around. You know, if you were an individual buying a seaplane or a charter company and you need to move from point A to point B, I could see the freedom, the convenience that an amphib provides, even though, you know, there's drawbacks that we've talked about. Well, you know, I I just have to say, you know, as the owner of an amphibious seaplane, I am partial. So for me, the pros far outweighed the cons. And and again, I've owned both. Um, the, the amphib airplane and the straight float plane um, are both incredible, but I have to admit something that, that was really brought out by one of our members or a couple of our members when we were having um, dinner one night a couple of years ago at Sun and Fun. And he said, you know, all three of us started out flying straight float planes and we, we, it was a dream come true for us and we just thought it was the greatest thing in the world and we flew all over the country with those straight float planes. And as we became more financially capable and more experienced, we all three migrated to amphibious airplanes. And one of the things that as they looked back retrospectively several years later was that they really lost what what they said was the romance and the thrill that kind of got them interested in flying seaplanes in the first place. And that, that conversation really resonated with me. So as an Anfib pilot, you always know that you have an airport that you can divert to if there's bad weather. You always know that you can go somewhere and land and tie down. And the problem with that is, is if it's, if you have that predictability if you know you can go to airport and rent a car or get a courtesy car and you can go to a XYZ Best Western hotel or whatever, and you can go to an Applebee's or an Outback in any small town where that airport exists, 
you're naturally going to tend to go there. And that really defeats the whole sense of adventure that drove so many of us to want to fly seaplanes in the first place, was we wanted to have a little bit of that kind of uncharted, you know, okay. You're a pirate. Yeah, you're, you're, you're still an adventurer where you're going out and you're flying. If, and if there's a weather event or if you need fuel, you have to set down on a lake, maybe spend the night, you know, look for the good graces of someone to take you in their home or sleep on the shoreline with your tent. And you don't necessarily know where that's going to be. And I have to tell you, as much as I love my amphibs and I don't think I'll ever go back to straight floats, Boy, that 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 conversation really impacted me, and I think it makes. I I think it's really something to think about. Yeah, definitely, definitely the adventure and the love of it. I mean, that's why we did. That's why we all it got is. into it. It is. Why aren't we just flying one fifties around on wheels? So why why do I go across the country from here to Maine and land at all these land airports and not hit water on every landing? Because you have the option it, to not do that. But I shouldn't do that. I yeah. mean, I'm flying a seaplane. The whole reason I got it was to go to water. So I, I think you made a really good point in my favor. So <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I would like to announce the winner. Um, I don't think you're going to recognize my victory, though. So we'll just agree to disagree. We both have good points. I think there's there are reasons why someone would own one over the other. I think you have your own reasons. And it was fun. It was fun, Steve. So I'm the victor, but you know I guess you had good points too. You're a tough opponent. Had fun. Well, you know, I'm the winner. But you're not, though. You know, when you look at what consumers are buying, when you look at the new aircraft that are purchased today, eight out of ten of the new floats that are sold today are AnFIPS. So we'll just let the consumer decide and we'll just say, I won. You're going to let the math win, Steve. Yes, I'm really? going to let the math let win. Let the math win. No. We're pilots. We don't do the math. I can't lose. You can't lose? Like you're incapable of losing? The numbers talk in my favor. Oh, good grief, Steve. So this is an <laughs> ongoing conversation. Yeah. This is never going to end. Um, I work 10 feet from this man. I... I plan on arguing with him in the future. So glad you guys could join us today. If you have your own input, what you we want to hear what you have to say about this about this conversation. So find us on social media, contact us at the Seaplane Pilots Association here, and we want to hear what you think. So hope you enjoyed this lighthearted look and battle royale of straight versus amphib floats. This won't be the last time that Abby and I battle it out. And again, thank you, our guest and our listeners, and we'll talk to you soon. We are so glad you joined us today. If you like today's show, I highly encourage you to join the Seaplane Pilots Association and become a member of the largest seaplane community in the world. Members receive Water Flying, the only full-color glossy magazine dedicated to the seaplane community and it's available in both printed and digital form your membership also includes access to the water landing directory app which has the seaplane flight school directory and a calendar of seaplane events not only here in the united states 
but around the world. The association hosts regular educational workshops, safety seminars, and gatherings for seaplane pilots and anyone with a passion for seaplanes. So look us up online at seaplanes.org, join our community, and support our mission of protecting and promoting water flying. 